are back again with another episode. I'm not going to say we are live this week, Riley, because we are here. We are trending. We are just trending. vibing a little bit here. Welcome back to another episode of From College to Combine. I am one of your hosts, Michael Sicoli. You can follow me at Michael underscore underscore Sicoli on Twitter. And I'm joined here by Riley Millette at Riley underscore Millette on Twitter. How are you doing? Today, I just Riley? realized my microphone is in the attic in, in my storage boxes. So I'm not How did you just realize that now? That's said. that's that's the only reason people are tuning in. Everyone's going it's to click off. Two weeks off. in a row now. It is at this point. You're you're not living up to what you've advertised. I know. You know. I'll, you're kind I'll of pulling like a. Oh goodness, who's the biggest bust? You're pulling <laughs> Kenny Galladay of a free agent signing. You're pulling what will be a Christian Kirk of a free agent. Signing. <laughs> Listen, it, it's, it's going to be disappointing down the line. But what isn't going to be disappointing is today's show. Am I right, Riley? Am I right? You're right. Yeah. 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 Uh, totally right. Okay. Uh, I want to quickly thank for for frequency sake for again hosting us on this show on this platform. That's where you guys are listening. Be sure to uh, before subscribe to them on YouTube. Follow them on Twitter at FFSQC, and of course check out the IDP guys, who's also sponsoring this amazing layouts where I produce a lot of my content myself. At IDP guys on Twitter, subscribe to them on YouTube. A lot of amazing video content coming out every single day every single week just consistently stellar stuff from those guys over there our guys my guys check them out but before we get into that before we get into an amazing show i want to touch on a quick thing riley what a lot has changed in the last week i'm you know for those people following this amazing personal life of riley and michael sicoli over the last since the last six months you know we we graduated people noticed that the, the background's different here what's what's, yeah. what's that yeah i thought you were going to talk about um you know, I'm my my voice is a little off. I'm I'm having some some cold symptoms. Uh, I took a COVID test and it's negative, so that's what I thought you were talking about. I I was gonna hype. I again, I'm I every single week I'm trying to keep the energy high, and all of a sudden now you're like, yeah, you know, I might have had terrible. The I didn't really want to be here. Where's my microphone? You know. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I, it's it's, it's I, uh, the long and short of it is. Riley somehow graduated college. I somehow graduated college. We'll both be back there next year. But that, we are on to summer break. That is why we have different backgrounds, amazing backgrounds. Personally, I got the girly thing. Riley's got some drapes. It's next level stuff on both ends. Here. Tiger. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, what tiger. is that? Is that Tony the tiger? tiger? See what I'm saying? You know what, Riley? You know what? This is this I is what this is why this is why we play fancy football. And so we tune into random shows and check out your Tony the Tiger Lego set. Oh, but, oh. <laughs> you I'll you are you are out of control. I'm gonna bring this back on track. We're gonna get into some recent news of the last week, but later we're gonna get into five tips to win your redraft league. That is what almost all of us play one way or another. We love Dynasty over here, it's what we talked about for the last six months. But redraft is still what you're doing with those home friends who haven't caught up to the cool trends. So that's what you're going to want to listen in for. That's what you can definitely check out. Check out the timestamps as well below if you just want to skip through our melodious voices and just get to the amazing tips. But tips of the week, Riley, or not tips of the week, the news of the week, Riley. What, what you want? Which one do you want to kick us off? We have about five headlines I want to touch on. I think I think the most high profile thing that came out was about Chris Godwin and that his ACL injury, he's not on a, any particular timetable with that injury. So, um, I mean, at this point of the year, it's still super early, but you would like to hear 
some kind of direction for him uh, that he's on a specific rehab program that he'll be ready for training camp. That's usually report the report that you hear around this time of the year is so and so is ready for training camp. We'll be ready for week one um, and and things like that. So it's it 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 kind of raises a a yellow flag about his availability. I I'm not totally. I, I think like you, we're both not sounding the alarms of Chris Godwin yet because it's it's still May. You know, there's plenty of time left. I don't think anyone's going crazy about the ACL. This is about what we kind of expected. We were hoping they'd come out and say, "Oh, he's going to be back for training camp." But it was, you know, it's when do you heard it? You heard it around like week nine, week ten, or even later than that, maybe. I, I I'm blanking on it right now. Either way. Chris Godwin, it, I wouldn't be too alarmed, but if he starts in his time, if we enter training camp, he's still not out there. If they're still not giving us a timetable come training camp in uh, July, in later July or June, it's that that's where I might be concerned. And the biggest beneficiary for that would be not Mike Evans, but Russell Gage, the free agent signing former formerly of the Falcons, who is a perfectly fine wide receiver, right? Is that a is that like his middle name? Is that Russell Gage's <laughs> middle name? I'm I'm not sure. I, I don't Are you not giving him the fine tag? Fine. I think I'd give him the. He will fill in for your wide receiver when they're injured, and he will do okay until that receiver comes back. Are which you is exactly what he's doing. I, I think that's are you saying that. A, are you saying that send them for okay? Is it fine? I, I think I think <laughs> you, but you need the you need the specification that he is an injury fill in. I think that's the important part. Oh, absolutely. I'm not Russell Gage won't have value when Chris Galvin's back on the field. He shouldn't really be he's a wide receiver three, in my opinion. You know, maybe a two and two in a pinch, like we said, uh, like I said right there. And I think for fantasy purposes, if Chris Godwin come week one is not around, or honestly, best ball, best ball is a real I'll be looking at Russell Gage in best ball. I'm in best ball draft right now, uh, for fantasy cares on, on MFL awesome group there. Shout out to the fantasy queen B Bonnie. Um in that division right there. Gonna bring it home this year after a pretty poor showing last year. Uh myself. But Russell Gage is a name I'll still be looking at in best ball, regardless of Chris Godwin's health. Because I do want a piece of that Buccaneers offense. He will be in the double digit rounds, if not undrafted. And I'm you know, I'm I'm not again not sounding the alarm, but this is the type of thing I track when the red flag appears again. But we can move on to another piece of news that Riley already I already know Riley does not want on the show. But I'm going to put put on. I'm going to put on. I tweeted a call not too long ago from Paris Campbell. Uh, and I said that he's 100% healthy. We have heard this line before, only for him to get heard again. People forget, right? Do you want to guess on how old Paris Campbell is? Isn't he 25? He is 24. He turns 25 in a, in two months. All right? This is this is somebody that was a second-round pick. He was pretty talented by my book. I thought he was a really good wide receiver, a great yards-after-catch guy, a guy that made – Dwayne Haskins, rest in peace, look a lot better than he was at Ohio State. Paris Campbell is a very good wide receiver, and I think he now has he now has the best quarterback that he's ever had. He is doesn't have to have twenty targets for him to be productive. He will be the slot guy. All right, Alec Pierce, great, you know, had, who has had a strong rookie camp, is not going to touch the slot. He's an outside wide receiver. Michael Pittman will not touch the slot. He's an outside wide receiver. They have. The, the slot guy will be Paris Campbell. And the slot role can be productive when the guy is athletic enough to get it done. Now, whether Paris Campbell will be on the field, that's a whole other discussion. But for a double-digit round investment, not even, undrafted in a redraft formats, really cheap to acquire in Dynasty, 
I think Paris Campbell is somebody I, I, I'm taking shots on in multiple formats. Go ahead, man. Go right ahead. I mean, he's probably playing with the best quarterback that he's ever played with right now in Matt Ryan. Um, but I, I've been I've been burnt. I've been burnt one too many times. You can have him. Let, let, let me phrase it like this. Let's say Paris Campbell plays 14 games. Is he fantasy relevant? Um, maybe if if we're counting relevant as being like relevant being a uh, a flex flex option more more weeks than not. Yeah, I was gonna say like top forty wide receiver. Is he gonna finish in the top forty? In top top four, I'll I'll even say top thirty six. Will he crack the the wide receiver three range? No, I don't think so. Okay, that that's that's totally fair because I think we all predict Michael Pittman to be inside that top twenty, if not higher. And you know how much passing volume is there to go around between Jonathan Taylor, Michael, and Michael Pittman, and maybe whatever the tight ends come in. The tight ends will take a piece of that, and Miles Pierce. But I choose to believe that Paris Campbell doesn't need thirty targets. He doesn't need ten receptions. He doesn't need seven receptions. All he can need is four. He takes one of those to the house. He does that. He's ridiculously fast. So I, I'm, I'm still pulling for Paris Campbell. I understand that that's a deep cut, but. You know, double-digit rounds, that's how you win your lease. We can get into that in a little bit. But next timeline is a little bit less cheerful on the other end of the injury spectrum. Tree Cohen did tear his Achilles on Instagram live and just brutal. Um, For a guy that has not been on the field since week three of 2020, somebody that was very, not just fantasy relevant, but was very productive, beat all the odds as an undersized guy. And this will probably be the end of the line for Tariqo, right? Yeah, I mean, all, all power to Short King. That's all I got to say. Yeah, I want him on here just for your own, you know, from Short King to Short King. I, I, it, it's such a shame. I'm glad he got his extension before the career ended. He got at least one year of that. But, you know, he's going through something no one else should. Don't be sharing that video if you are doing that because he deserves better than that. That's not how we should remember him. And he's still going to be recovering and he's going to be a better man for it i'm sure um but on to other news we have on the again just a lot of injury updates nowadays because this is about the time of the year we're going to go back over to minnesota with irv smith who has been announced that he's been, seeing, he's, running routes at, he's been Sorry. running routes at full speed all right and i think irv smith is a very good uh double digit round target a late round target for those guys when you miss that top tier of tight ends Irv Smith is on the team where there's no tight ends behind him. The tight ends behind him combined for around, I, I put a thread on the other day, feel free to check it out on my Twitter, around 30 to 40 targets last year combined among all the guys behind him. There's no one else to catch passes other than Irv Smith. Then you have Adam Thielen coming off injury, who is also a little bit up there in age, and you have Justin Jefferson, a true alpha, one of the best receivers in the league. But this is still going to be a team that will be playing from behind about 50% of the time. You know, you know Minnesota at this point. Minnesota is about that 500 team if 500 still exists in the NFL. I think Irv Smith is a really good target for somebody that is both athletic and has a real opportunity for targets. I'm curious on how you are approaching Irv Smith, again, with a guy that we've been talking about Irv Smith as a breakout for a bit, but he has dealt with those injuries. He's, he's a much more interesting buy to me than a guy like uh... – Paris Campbell because you know he, he went to Alabama he was a decent player out of college um, and he's he's in a, a much more favorable situation for me in a, in a team where 
Um, you know, Justin Jefferson is the alpha. Adam Thielen is on his way out. He's 31 at least. I think he might even be older. But he's on his way out, and those targets are going to be up for grabs. And I think he's uh, in the most entrenched in the situation uh, to grab those targets. So, yeah, I'm, I'm interested by this. I, I I mean, it, it, it comes down to opportunity, right? I, I put out a great thread. Check it out again on IDP, guys. Not just thread, sorry. Article on Cole Komet, who I view as a real breakout candidate. And I think Irv Smith could be an even cheaper version of Cole Komet, depending on your league, depending on who's rostering him. And somebody that is probably well worth a shot because of the opportunity he has, the athleticism he has. He has the same upside he had when he was drafted in, on day two of the, I think it was what, the 2019, 2020 draft. I think 2020 uh, was when Irv came out. Either way, somebody that is definitely on the radar, and I'm glad he's back to full speed. And onto the rookies of this class, David Bell has been just ringing for, I don't know, if did you see the viral clip of David Bell, Riley, the one where he ran? No. A nice crisp. He ran a nice crisp out route, and he caught a ball. Oh, I did see. I did see exploded. But you know that 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 happened, and then Kevin Stefanski came out and said they would have taken him much earlier. They're incredibly excited to have him, and it kind of raises that discussion of David Bell, a guy that fell to the third round, back in the third round, largely because of a very slow forty time. I think David Bell's a good receiver. I think he's fine. I don't think he's anything special. What I, I, In terms of he has a real opportunity this, this year one. If Deshaun Watson's on the – we have to assume Deshaun Watson's on the field because otherwise I don't think we're interested in David Bell, right? No, 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 no. So if Watson's on the field, David Bell has a real route to the wide receiver two, probably the three spot behind DPJ. What are we – and obviously Amari Cooper taking the one. What – do you do you expect any production of fantasy relevance in year one for David Bell? Oh, yawn. Moving on. I don't care about David Bell. He didn't wow me out of college, and he's in a bad situation. Assuming that uh, Deshaun Watson is going to miss around half the year, which we all are pretty certain is the case. So uh, if if he only plays the second half of the year with Deshaun Watson. Let's give it, you know, four to six games to establish a, a workable chemistry, which it might even take longer in the typical case of a quarterback and a receiver. Then if David Bell has one fantasy relevant game, uh, that that's where that's where my ceiling would be at in terms of the amount of games he'd be playable. He's a, he's a guy that I think I want to look at in the second half of the year. You know, rookie wide receivers, they traditionally take that that leap. If they do take a leap in the first year, it's in that second half of the season. And that's probably when Deshaun Watson's coming back. It's probably when, if David Bell has a, if David Bell is what, I think he's better than DPJ. I think they're just, they're completely different players, honestly, where David Bell is a little bit more of a possession guy. DPJ is running goes, and that's all he should ever do. So I think there's a world they coexist on the field. It's just the run, you, we can't forget how run centric the, the Browns are. The Browns are still going to run the ball a lot with or without Deshaun Watson. Nick Chubb will get his. And it, it'll be tough to see where David Bell fits there. But still a guy I'll, I'll keep an eye on in the second half of the year. Riley, I, I have a question for you now. What's up? Are you ready for to give five tips on how to win your redraft league? That's all I'm talking about here. Oh, wait. No, because I'm jumping the gun. I forgot to talk about my favorite player in the, this year's draft, which is Traylon Burks, who everyone went crazy about for struggling with conditioning. Because Traylon Burks had to sit out his first day, and I think he also had to sit out his second day because he kind of just got winded in that in, in minicamp. So 
that is something I do not care about at all. I, I don't know about you. I don't know if I saw some people raising flags on it, but I saw a better tweet. I am sorry I cannot remember the name who actually tweeted, but Traylon Burks' conditioning is Jamar Chase's drops. I do not care. It is May. He will get in shape. I'm not worried because he is just as much of an athletic phenom as he was a month, uh, two days ago. Traylon Burks is still going to be the wide receiver one for this for this Titans team. I think he'll open it over Robert Woods, who is also not going to be out there because of the ACL of recovery. So I I do are you at all worried about Traylon Burks? I'm just I'm just curious. Nope. Okay, that's as much time as I want to spend on that because I do also want to get to the five tips on how to win your redraft league. Because ultimately, listen, we talk about Dynasty all the time. We talk, we talk about it since the show started with uh, in January about these rookies. But a lot of people play redraft. We play redraft, you know, and we, we fight. We fight, Riley. You know, punches have been thrown over over redraft, you know. Trades have been – trades have ruined friendships. You know, it's like playing sorry a little bit, you know. I just, sorry. I just knocked you down just, a couple – We're playing yeah, for money. Like, we're playing for pride. A lot of pride. And ultimately, pride is what we care about here, you know, because you don't want to look dumb. That's all we're here for, really. We're trying not to make you look dumb. We're trying to build up your teams. And with that, we got to get to tip number one. I'll let you, you know, how about I'll let the short king kick us off. Nice. Take, take it away. Tip number one on how to win your redraft league. Take it. Tip number one is something I, I really lived by last year. I live, I did, I did two things when I was doing any redraft last year, which was A, Try to cash in on the top tier of running backs, which I'm I'm not sure I'm going to do this year. I have to still play around with that. And B, take a tight end in the first three rounds. I was hyper-targeting guys like George Kittle and maybe Darren Waller, Mark Andrews I took a fair amount of. I never really found myself taking Travis Kelsey just because you had to take him in the first round, and that's where you could get guys like Austin Eckler in the back of the first round. But um, I, I've, I still maintain this uh, this year is that the top tier of tight ends, like Mark Andrews was drafted in the, what, end of the third, beginning of the fourth round last year. He was in, he was, he was in that dead total, zone of that three to yeah, five range. He was a total league winner last year. Having that positional advantage over your opponent is so, so important. And I believe in it wholeheartedly. So. Even if Mark Andrews ends up being a high second-round pick, I might even see him sneaking into the first round. I'll still take him there. Yeah, I think it's totally justified in pointing it out because we, we we say it every year that the gap between those top, top guys and those, you know, like the tight end eight to tight end one, right? The difference between Mike Yusecki, the tight end eight, who in 16 games played very well, you know, a good year. The difference between him and Mark Andrews, the tight end one, what do you want to take a guess for me? And in terms of fantasy points and PPR leagues, what's the difference between the tight end eight and the tight end one? And total fantasy points for the whole total year. Total fantasy points. Or if you want to do fantasy points per game, we'll do fantasy points per game. Yeah, yeah let's I do that. That's an easier metric to feel. I would say Mark Andrews was around, it's in, in PPR, I'll say he was like 15, maybe a little, maybe more than 15, like 17 points per game. And Mike Kosicki was probably about nine that that's a pretty good guess mark andrews was 17.8 and mike yuseki was 10 that is that is over oh a touchdown yeah. yeah listen good for you it's it's what you're here for um it's uh that that that's that's huge that's a touchdown difference that's a week that's a huge swing on your weekly output a lot of you know a lot of times those weeks are decided by a touchdown by six points and all of a sudden last year mark, mark andrews, andrews was a fourth round pick Mike Isicki you're taking 
you know, like eleven. Eighth, ninth round eight, in that eight, yeah. He was right around the eighth range, yeah. And Mike, 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 he also gave you a donut, you know, that, yeah. that, that happened. And listen, that, that still happens with these top guys. TJ Hawkinson was a very steady producer for fantasy teams. And he also had a donut tight ends is still a really tricky area. I'm curious where the cutoff is for you, because I agree with you. I do want those top guys. I still have my later guys like Cole Komet, like Irv Smith that I, I'm fine running into my league with, but I, I'm curious where the cutoff is for you. I will take uh, Kelsey is kind of sliding down my board. I'll still take him if he falls to like the middle of the second round. So I'm def- I'll take Kelsey. I'll take Andrews, Kittle. Um, I'll still take Pitts. I still eh, maybe maybe we'll see we'll see about Kyle Pitts. I'll have to see what happens with the uh, the quarterback situation. And I will maybe still take Darren Waller. I'm on the fence about Waller and Pitts, but those top three I'm for sure taking. And I'd be more willing to take uh, Darren Waller over Kyle Pitts. I'll, I'll, let me let me add to this one more time. If you had to choose one of these names to make the jump, let's go Dallas Goddard. Uh, let's see, Dallas Goddard, Dalton Schultz. Uh, which one of those guys are you willing okay. to reach on? Yeah, Hawk, oh. Goddard, and Schultz. Which one of those guys, let's say you're in round five, would you take any of them around five if those other guys are gone? In order for one of those three guys to make a jump, the offense as a whole is going to have to get a lot better and be – Offense of those three guys that got significantly better this year was Dallas Goddard in the Eagles offense. That just got a lot better with the addition of A.J. Brown. And for tight ends, unless you're Travis Kelsey and you get like a 30% target share, I'm not so much worried about having a for sure 22 to 25% target share, which Dallas Goddard's target share might not 100% be there now that uh, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith are both on the team. But he'll still have a really decent uh, red zone presence. And again, that offense – uh, could be a top 10 offense in the NFL. The Lions added Shark and James Williams as well. Yes. They is that, is, do you, and Ahmed Ra going to the second year as well. Jared Goff is confirmed as the star. I think this is, I mean, Jared Goff's going to have as good of an offseason as he possibly can. It's no trepidation anyway about it. But are you, do, do you project a touchdown increase for Hawkinson? Because he kind of, yeah. there's a lot of, there's a lot of murkiness with Hawkinson of whether he is the guy. In terms of he will be the tight end, but like he was drafted in the you know very highly in the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. He's he's been solid. The fifth year option got picked up, but never spectacular. Are you like if let's say you're let's let's this is redraft, all right? But what is what is the long term output for TJ Hawkinson? The reason I, I didn't say TJ Hawkinson is because he's been a lot better over his career than Dallas Goddard has. And in order for me to consider a jump for TJ Hawkinson, he's gonna have to be top four, top three, which I don't see that being the case because of Jared Goff and because of the limitations of that offense still being in the lower third of the NFL. So, I I mean, for when I'm just comparing the two, um, maybe you could argue – I think Jalen Hurts has a higher ceiling as a passer than Jared Goff um, just because of the running offense that uh, Jalen Hurts can bring. And I like the offensive scheme of the Eagles a lot better. Um, but I'm, I'm not really worried about Hawkinson long-term uh, just because of the fact that he's he's a rare type of tight end that is really steady, even though he's not a superstar. Um, the tight ends like that are hard to come by. I imagine he gets extended. Yeah, I think that's I, – I think it's possible he gets extended. We'll, we'll, we'll see when – the Lions will have a lot of money opening up. They still have a lot of money to spend. But we'll move on to tip number two. In another – a lot of people say stream your – 
tight ends. I prefer to stream my quarterbacks. Streaming your quarterbacks is how you win every single year. I refuse to take a quarterback before round nine, typically on average, because there's just equal value every single week. Every single year, there's over 32 quarterbacks that finish as a quarterback one on a certain week. That's top 12 production of every single team at some point, pretty much. You just have to pick your matchups. So grab that guy later in rounds that has breakout potential. Grab the Lamar Jackson late in drafts, and obviously it looks like that in hindsight. But guys that can break out, the high upside players, the Zach Wilsons, if you know you look at those week one matchups where you choose guys that have a chance of making a huge leap, and you take a shot, shot on them. And guess what, Riley? Guess what? doesn't work out. What do you do? Pick up another one. Get a new one. Yeah, you pick up another one. You, you kick Zach Wilson in the curve, say sorry, move back to BYU, and we're not interested. You know, you pick up another one, then the guy that's playing Houston that week. Well, let's say there's a real, there's a 100% world. Ryan Tano is 100% not going to be drafting your redraft leagues on average. If Ryan Tano, I haven't looked, I, I don't have the schedule in front of me. If Ryan Tano lines up against Houston, I don't care. Ryan Tano will get me 18 points and will probably slide into that QB 10, QB 14 range. He will be on waiver wires. Every single league will be overdrafted. A lot of leagues will be overdrafting quarterbacks. In terms of there will be a point where I'm I'm just not going to take one until super late. That's what I do on average. I look to stream. Now, there are also savvy leagues because a lot of people have caught up to the streaming quarterback trend. If Josh Allen falls to the sixth round, I could see myself taking a chance on Josh Allen because Josh Allen is going to be a star. He is going to be an elite quarterback. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it, and I'm not spending a – third, fourth, fifth round pick on him. I'm spending a sixth mid to back end, and that's not something I'm I, I'm willing to do that because in the sixth round you're taking – it's a minefield. So this isn't exclusive of, like, never take a quarterback until this point. It's always following your board. More often than not, that means taking a chance on that high upside player in double-digit rounds or even a Kirk Cousins that has a good – like, just somebody who has a good week one matchup or somebody that you know will you'll get production out of for at least a week or two. but. All in all, wait on quarterbacks unless the best one is sliding way too far. And I'm talking, again, sixth, seventh round for sliding. And for your upside pick, wait. Just wait. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have the ADP of this year's quarterbacks pulled up. Matthew Stafford is going at 92 overall, which is – that makes it like the back of the eighth round. He was the QB5 last year. Uh, Tom Brady's going at the back of the ninth round. He was the QB three last year. Russell Wilson is going a little bit about a round ahead of those two. Um, he's QB 16, but he missed a whole bunch of time and his situation is unbelievably better this year than it was last year. Uh, Trey Lance is going right behind them. who's a super high upside pick. So, I, I mean, that that's kind of what you're dealing with. That's, that's the tier I usually target, which is, you know, eighth, ninth round type of guys. Yeah. And Trey, Trey Lance is going to climb in drafts a hundred percent because of the, the hype, but if let, let 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 me phrase it like this: If Jimmy, I'm assuming Jimmy Garoppolo is off the team, that's when that Debo Debo Samuel extension is going to get done. That's my non-insider insider opinion. But if Trey if, if Trey Lance is the locked-in starter week one, like Jimmy Garoppolo is not sniffing anywhere, we don't care about the backup situation. I and all, he has a stinker of a preseason. All right, can't complete passes. I will take him still. Because rushing quarterbacks are also still going to be that guy. I 
that that's that's a whole separate tip that we're going to also touch on a little bit. But you want to move on tip number three, Riley? Yeah, let's do tip number three for uh, for dynasty players. This this one goes out to dynasty players because we've been talking about uh, dynasty a lot on the show, and it's something that I struggled with a little bit last year because I played. This last year was the first year I played several dynasty leagues, so. Um, you know, after doing tons of uh, dynasty mock drafts and thinking dynasty, doing offseason dynasty trades, it was tough to flip the switch between that and doing redraft. So I naturally, you know, subconsciously avoided guys like Adam Thielen, Mike Evans, especially Mike Evans, who I, I love as a redraft player. And I'm more hands off in dynasty just because of uh, his age. I think he's like 28 or something like that. But it, it's important to, um, remember that this is only one year, even, even if you know that in the front of your mind, uh, I kind of build up an apprehension to these players uh, over time through dynasty, because I, I say, I don't want Adam Thielen. He's 31, 32, and I'm going to stay away from him for eight months of the year. And then during redraft, you know, prep season, uh, I'm, I'm still kind of thinking that in the back of my head. So it's really important to uh, assign the appropriate value to those type of guys. And, um, and on contrarily, on the other hand, to avoid or use uh, caution with the you know rookie running backs. Like I remember a couple of years ago when J.K. Dobbins was a rookie, I reached on him super early, and uh, he didn't really pan out. I ended up dropping him like halfway through the season, and then whoever the and week then he broke out. Year, I think it was Mark Ingram when Mark when uh, yeah, Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins shared a room. I think Mark Ingram got uh, hurt at the end of the year. J.K. Dobbins took over, and I look like a fool because I drafted J.K. Dobbins super early, and I dropped him. You always look like a fool, Riley. I know. I do foolish things. Yeah, I, you, you, you do. But I, I know I'll, I'll add on to that of the second half instance. Obviously, with running backs, that's – it's it, it that you know that happened due to injury, which is another conversation about zero RB that I could touch on. But a lot of times with rookies – Obviously, Justin Jefferson, guys of late, Jamar Chase, they've bucked the trend. But a lot of the times, for the majority of them, they are second half of the year breakout. So when you're spending that early capital on them, I'm staring at – I'm trying to think of what guys like that will, will probably go – like Drake London, for instance. I think Drake London might not be the target monster that you immediately expect of him. I don't know if he'll – be that efficiency guy or get enough efficient targets or get targets that actually get to him from Marcus Mariota um, to, to, to matter relative to where he might end up going drafts that he will get that hype because of what Jamar Chase and what Justin Jefferson did. But again, I'll also touch on what you talked about with J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins emerged because of injury. That's the other thing with redraft that I'm also going to add on that also applies to Dynasty, to be honest, is the zero RB approach is where that doesn't mean you don't take any running backs. It's but where you take the value. Because every year, similar to quarterbacks, running backs break out drastically, and then largely because of injuries ahead of them. Running backs get hurt every single year to those starters, and those backups are thrust into amazing situations. They don't even have to be good. They just have to catch a couple passes and get 15 carries, and they're a flex-worthy play. They're available on your wire. They're available double-digit rounds and drafts. And sometimes those high upside handcuffs are worth a chance. So I, I that's, that's somewhere I, I approach. I don't take handcuffs in redraft as much. Um, but it is something that I look at where guys with PPR standalone value, the JD McKissicks of the world have been fueling rosters for as long as he's been, you know, for, for the last few years for him before that James white guys that are still going to provide value later in drafts that just don't have as much of a injury risk because you're not 
investing that top, top capital into. I'm curious on your take on the, just just a, a quick take on the zero RB approach, because I think it's getting a little bit more popular, but I think people are, obviously the average listener is still all about taking the Derrick Henry in the first round and things like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm beginning to warm up to it a little bit, and I'm going to experiment with it a lot more this season because uh, last season I was a staunch, give me running back, running back, tight end. That's how I drafted almost every time. And the guy who won our redraft league took Devonta Adams, Tyree Kill in the first uh, first two rounds, and it works for him every time. That's that's his strategy. He does it every year, and it, it works. So I, I think I'm going to kind of shift my thinking that way a little bit more this year. Yeah, and that, that RB dead zone is a scary area, but it has some real re- real reward as well. Uh, we can move on to tip number four. Remind me, Riley, this is your tip. Am I, am I right? Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, the difference between quarterback situation and target share um, for guys who are being drafted next to each other. So I, I have the ADPs pulled up here. Let's do – a good example that I found was uh, DJ Moore and T. Higgins. Um, DJ Moore last year, he was the wide receiver 18 and he had a 28 and a half percent target share. T Higgins last year had a 24% target share. Do you want to guess where they finished overall? I just said DJ Moore, but do you want to guess where T Higgins finished? Well, as a, as a wide receiver and fans. Yeah. Yeah. Wide receiver. Wide receiver 14. 17. 17. So they finished, so they finished pretty much neck and neck. Right. And this is kind of before. Um, you know, I think T Higgins missed some time. Um, yeah, he missed one. Two. He missed a couple games. Yeah, he missed a couple games. Um, so this this is kind of before uh, the Bengals really took off. Their off or their offensive line has gotten a little better this year. And I'm not saying this just to project specifically for these two guys. I think um, if, for a tiebreaker for guys who are being drafted next to each other, like T Higgins and DJ Moore are drafted literally right right next to each other. They have the, they have the exact same ADP. So I will always take the guy with the better quarterback. And because if I asked you last year at the beginning of the draft, who has a higher ceiling, maybe you would have said DJ Moore because you say he's going to get so many targets. He's going to get 10 targets a game, blah, blah, blah. This year, that's a totally different story because we know the type of quarterback that teams and, and DJ Moore have. And they're kind of um, drastic examples of each is that DJ Moore has a really bad quarterback situation. And, but that's just the point I'm trying to make is that, Whenever there are uh, I'm debating between two guys, two wide receivers especially, I will take whoever has a better quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I think we saw that very clearly with Allen Robinson last year, where all with no no disrespect to Justin Fields or who who else was in that carousel last year? Was that Andy Dalton? And yeah, he started. I don't I, I don't remember, but uh, the, the, the Bears the Bears carousel, right? I mean, we saw Allen Robinson go from a perennial. Wide receiver one with bad quarterbacks, and then the worst quarterbacks kept on coming in, and just you know we saw what the floor was. The floor was wide receiver 60, 70. It was totally unusable, droppable for Allen Robinson. So I think something we else we, else we need to consider, especially when you bring up a guy like T. Higgins, when you're worried about upside, offenses can support two wide receivers. All right, that's that's something that's happening every single year across multiple teams. We see it with the Rams. We see it with the Bucks. We saw it with the Steelers in, uh, in 2020 and before that as well. It's it happens. All right. Don't don't worry about upside when it comes to that. I still like DJ Moore, but it, it is really tough, you know, because 
who started for the Panthers this year? His, his ceiling is just so much more limited than than guys like T. Higgins. Let's see who else was drafted around. Uh, DK Metcalf, same thing. His his quarterback situation is really bad. Deontay Johnson, I'm willing on have, having a higher ceiling than DJ Moore. Mike Evans for sure. Keenan Allen for sure. DeAndre Hopkins for sure. I mean, I'd rather have all those guys than DJ Moore. You'd rather DeAndre Hopkins than DJ Moore? Well, I, I okay. I forgot about his suspension. Maybe not with the suspension. If DeAndre Hopkins, I just, I just want to. I want a sobriety check. You that right? yeah. yeah, mid show. Jeez. No, then I, then I'd rather have DJ Moore. But if DeAndre Hopkins played played a full seventeen. Yeah, and that, I mean it all ties back to tip number three as well. The whole don't invest yourself solely with the dynasty mindset. I can love DJ Moore as a talent. I can love him as a dynasty asset. As a redraft asset, it's a lot more scary because we always build him up to be something more than what he ends up putting out on the field. And that's not his fault. He's a terrific wide receiver. But when the offense isn't moving, he's not scoring touchdowns. He's never been a huge touchdown guy. And you have a quarterback that can't throw downfield. So the upside is just so unbelievably limited despite target share. So – Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a great thing to keep in mind that a lot of people aren't thinking about. DJ Moore and, has, has never finished higher than the wide receiver 16 in PPR, even yeah, though he, and I, he I think, knows that he has the talent to finish inside the top 10. And that's just a lesson that DJ Moore really brought light to is that if he has a good quarter, if he does not have a good quarterback, I can't take him in with a top 15 pick like we wanted to with DJ Moore a long time ago. I'm, I'm not going to do it. Maybe if he falls to the wide receiver, like 24 range, Maybe I'll I'll explore that, but I'm not going to take him where I think his ceiling should be because he's he never hits it because of his quarterback. That, yeah, that that's a great mindset of not taking people at their ceiling. It's very important for that. You should always give leeway for that, even in the first round when you think about it like that. Um, and I that entire argument also because you just reminded me of this. I want to move on to tip number five. But it's that that argument has not been applied to DJ Moore as much this offseason. It's been applied directly to Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin has never made that wide receiver one, that top 15 lead that we wanted. He's always hovered around that 18, 19, 24, and he's had horrific quarterbacks. So every year we're like, okay, this one's a little bit better than the last, but ultimately they're all garbage. Is Carson Wentz bucking that trend? I really don't know. I think Carson Wentz is a lot better than all the other quarterbacks. I think that he should have a better year, but Terry hasn't made – that extra leap, despite his amazing talent, because of just limitations around him. And ultimately, every year you're paying up for that price of what he will, of what he should be, but he never is because of the situation. Sometimes you just have to be realistic about that. Mm-hmm. Terry has never finished above wide receiver 20 PPR. In his three years, he's been wide receiver 25, 20, and 29. Carson where, did you check five, where, can you check where he's being drafted right now? Because he I every year, drafted at, well, I, 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 I promise he's been drafted in, in the past years. He's always been drafted around that week, since his breakout rookie year. It's been wide receiver 17. It's been wide receiver 14. I had him ranked. I thought he was going to buck that trend and make it happen last year, but he, it didn't happen. You're, you're, you're going to lose your mind. He's being drafted as the 14th wide receiver off the board. That's, he's never, that's he's never finished in the top 20. And I, you know I love – DJ Moore is my guy. Terry McLaurin is my guy. But these guys haven't put it together on the field. And just Carson Wentz is not enough to justify that. He's not. It's not a Russell Wilson type of upgrade. And I'm still – I still love Terry McLaurin. But he is just perceived to be something he isn't for redraft purposes. Dynasty-wise, it's a really weird thing as well. But we can talk about that next week or something like that. Tip number five. Final tip of the show. We are going to talk 
about a very basic feeling. All right. You're in your draft. You've drafted your running backs. You've drafted your wide receivers. You might have even taken us up on tip number. I think it was number two at this point and said, hey, I want that tight end. Or maybe it was tip number one. I want, I want that. I, I want that elite tight end. You filled it out. Good for you. And now you're looking at quarterback. You're looking at kicker. You're looking at defense. You're looking at uh, what else is there? I don't know. I've already said IDP. them all. But you're looking at IDP. You're looking at your linebackers. You're looking at everything. All right? And do you want to fill out that starting roster? Don't feel forced to. Take the value where it comes because every single year, there's you need depth. All right? Every single year, you're rotating players in. People don't pan out. You need to take the value as you perceive it to be. Now, that doesn't mean dismissing team needs, but that's something you should be weighing as you're going on the clock where all of a sudden you're around, let's say you miss that top tier of running backs. So you've taken a wide receiver and you say, hey, I want Travis Kelsey. And then the third round comes around and all of a sudden a top tier wide receiver fell where he shouldn't. And you're like, okay, well, I have to take a wide receiver. And you're a wide receiver, wide receiver, tight end. And you're looking like, oh, no, I don't have a running back. Do I take Michael Pittman or do I take, I don't know. Do I take uh, Michael Pittman or do I take Kenneth Walker? I'm going to take Michael Pittman because I'm going to take the guy that I think will provide me more points week in, week out. I think Michael Pittman's going to have a great year. We're going to talk about that all summer because I'll be hyping him up all offseason. But, yeah, I, I, it's it's somewhere where you have to just realize that you will figure out those positions. Things will open up. But ultimately, if you get a, a piece that you view as a much better one, a tier ahead, take those tiers. And the same thing goes for quarterback, where we talked about before. Don't reach on quarterback. Just because you haven't filled it out doesn't mean you can't later. Fill out, get that extra wide receiver, get that extra running back, get two extra wide receivers, and then start looking at quarterback. Don't feel forced into it. As I mute my microphone to cough, yeah, I, I, I agree with all that. I feel like I'm ready to go win a redraft league. Do you? Well, that's, that's the point of the show, you know, is trying to win your redraft league. We're not trying to lose. There's no, there's no next year with redraft league. You know, you're restarting. It's all in. In, in fact, you know, like, Riley, what's the yeah. worst redraft trade you've done off you? <laughs> I just want to put you on blast 24-7, don't I? Should I know this? Is there, and is, is there an answer to this that you're prepared to expose me for? No, not really, but I just figured you'd have something on your head that keeps you up at night. But either way, I, 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 I'm trying to think. Ultimately, I think the big thing to keep in mind is – Try to do those multiple pieces for one deal. I think people are expiring out of that. But if you can trade three solid pieces for one star, get the star. Um, don't don't be that. Don't be a scumbag in your league and trick somebody. But play the favorites. Same tip we gave on last week's show. Check it out on the on. Uh, I believe it's it should be on both FFS, FFSQC's YouTube as well as the IDP guys YouTube. Check out the tips there to how to win your dynasty league because. Know your league mates. You know, if you have a Jets fan in there, trade trade him Denzel Mims right now, who's getting a sh- sheer amount of hype for no freaking reason. But ultimately, this is how you're going to win your Jeff League. You follow these five tips; it's going to help you tremendously. We're going to be here all offseason to help you out with that as well. Unless Riley gets sick of me, throws the microphone at me, and closes down the laptop. Totally possible. But the only way you're going to figure that out is if you it, it, the only way you're going to figure that out is if you tune in next week at 7 p.m. Eastern. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to this week's show of From College to Combine. You can follow me at Michael underscore underscore Sicoli on Twitter. You can follow Riley here at Riley underscore Millette. 
And of course, you can follow for frequency's sake at FFSQC on Twitter, YouTube, everywhere where you possibly could want some amazing podcasts and radio content. And I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the IDP guys. What you just gave me a very strange look. You're writing down a I'm strange. Trying, I'm message. trying to fix my tiger. You, you are, you are, you are just like a little kid in a toy factory. Uh, but I, 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 you know, I'm also like a little toy uh, kid in a toy factory when I go through the rookie hub on IDP guys because the rookie profiles are tremendous. I know that because I also put a couple of them t- together. Every single rookie you could possibly want to know that is available with the subscription as well as ask, access to Discord servers. We ask every question you could possibly have. Drafts are going to be starting up sooner than you think. The more you know, the better. There's no better to do it than getting real-time advice on Discord. Check out the IDP guys. Get a subscription there. Great group of people. Fun times. Fun times indeed. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. A terrific week again. I hope everyone has a good night. I hope everyone has a good weekend. We will see you next week on Fur Camp from College. <laughs> oh, my. Riley, you look silly. Good night, everybody.